hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of She-Ra. If you're ready, are you ready? She-Ra, right. I am ready. Sweet. All right. All right, all right. So we are continuing right, our right, right. exploitation. Well, we're going to call this one a exploitation. I'm not sure if I will really include it in our rock exploitation collection but uh, we'll we'll get to that we are continuing well, our i mean series. they call it they call it a rock and roll opera so we're, we're we're continuing our series with the movie streets of fire it's a 1984 as lucy called it a what did you call it a rock and roll opera. Rock and roll opera. Um, I, for one, was expecting more gore. There was no gore. No, it's very like it's definitely very eighties. Well, okay, but so there it's are like plenty, Reagan. It's like Reagan are, era. There are plenty of eighties flicks with lots of yummy gore. And this was not one of them, but that, no. that if you were, if, if you came into this movie, not expecting gore, then it, it is a fabulous movie. It's fun. It's, I mean, and it's very like, the music is, it- is great. And what I actually, one of the things I appreciated a lot was um the continuous action it was not yeah, it like stopped. doesn't stop because it's it kind was, of like a chase yeah you it know? started from like, the very beginning it was there was no dead time no it's all and it's all very cool like it, it, like 80s cool you know <laughs> yeah like almost <laughs> like in wild zero how everybody was whipping out the comb and brushing the hair back like the fawns but not right. quite it was just like everything was chaotic with the biker gangs and the so many bikes <laughs> yeah and the city like the oh, sets were so cool. Were the burning. sets in the city, it was just and, awesome. Yeah, and the neon lights. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the city was dirty and the garbage cans. And, and it was wet. And so cool and badass. Exactly. And you well, all and this, this scene with Diane Lane singing a fucking awesome song. Where she, 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 she doesn't she open it singing? Yeah, or she's like, we're going nowhere slow, but it's better to go nowhere fast. Yeah. There's nothing wrong going nowhere, but it's better to go nowhere fast. Went yeah. nowhere slowly. Exactly. And so Diane Lane is not actually, we were talking about this, Diane Lane is not actually singing in this movie, but she mimes it beautifully, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, she, she does. does a great job performing it, but it's actually a combination of who did we say it was Holly Sherwood and Lori, 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 Lori S. I will find you, Lori. But it's like a combination of these two people to make the sound of. Yes, and it it was funny too because at the beginning i 
wasn't really paying, I was only half paying attention and I was like, wait, that totally looks like Diane Lane and it seems like she's singing, but I know she can't sing. So, <laughs> I know, but I know she can't sing. So what the what? Oh, and it's Lori Sargent. Lori Sargent, Sargent. Okay. Yeah. So when I found out it was actually Lori Sargent at the Holly Sherwood, that made a lot more sense. Yeah, you're like, okay, well, good job, Diane Lane, though, because it was believable. It was. Just, like, not believable enough. If you didn't, if you already knew that, like, no, that's not her singing, then, of course. But, yeah, even to make you question it, <laughs> good job, Diane Lane. And she <laughs> looked awesome. Job. She just looked great, this whole movie. Just looked fucking fabulous. Yeah, but there were Had a lot attitude. of big names. There were a lot. And that yes. was the other thing about this movie that I wasn't expecting. It was a lot higher budget and bigger names than I was expecting, because... Um, the first movie we watched was Wild Zero. And I did expect a higher budget from Studio 666 just because Foo Fighters, you know. But that was still very indie, you know, and it felt very very indie. indie. Um, And this this, was like a studio. Yeah, it was studios, Universal, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, yeah, it was Universal. And it's a Walter Hill movie and Walter Hill did The Warriors. And he also wrote things like The Driver and um, he wrote... I want to say he wrote alien um yeah i mean and and i guess what's really interesting is the four men who wrote um and who began planning streets of fire they did that while completing the movie 48 hours that oh, yep. the movie that is known as like the first buddy cop movie with eddie murphy right. and nick nolte yep yep um, I mean, it all very, I mean, again, makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I, I, I guess this turned into a cult classic because at the time in 84, it didn't do too well. It They spent yeah. like 14 and a half million, but I think it only grossed, yeah, it was 8 million in North America. Eight, yeah, so I made like half, yeah. Um, It's definitely one of those movies that, it had staying power so people continued to like it and just be fans of it slowly throughout the course of its existence but when it came out it was not I guess what they anticipated it to be and even when you see the trailer and you can see all the hopes that they had for it and like it being a and then you know you got to think about the 80s too where it was like it was very 80s in the way it felt but it wasn't quite bubblegum enough I think for audiences then still you know because where you're like that's what I'm saying because you were like oh you you know there's no gore but in my opinion in 84 you're really entering you know the the Reagan effect on media and everything where everybody just wants it to be very like sterile all their entertainment it's like fucking E.T. and all that shit where it's like good things and bubblegum and bright colors and you know that's all fine and it has a lot of that there are bright colors and and the big hair and they're so (laughs) good oh and there's that flaming motorcycle you know like yes yes there's, there's there's a lot of like I guess instead of gore there's like the big action and like yeah the big the pyrotechnics and the and... yeah the explosives that was very nice that was very so nice. we haven't even touched on there so there's diane lane and she um is the head of this group and she gets kidnapped by raven 
who is the bad guy, who is played by none other than very young Willem Dafoe, who uh, is so no. badass. And his little, his little like overall outfit, his like shiny, his like, like plate, I want to say playtex, but it's not, it's just like his shiny overall outfit that yes, he basically looks like about. they're like fisher they're like coveralls yeah. they're like fisherman yes. coveralls same same with tom cody and oh his, my god his, his suspenders with no <laughs> with shirt off sleeves oh yeah no oh, no, yeah, no he's shirt. like shirtless suspenders oh high pants the tie water pants just walking around like yeah shotgun <laughs> On the shoulder. Five o'clock shadow, so yep. bad. Like, just gruff as hell. Da, 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 da. And so he is he is the former love of Ellen, who is played by Diane Lane. So basically, Ellen gets kidnapped by this raven guy. Cody, um, Tom Cody, is just pa- happens to be passing through town. And Ellen's manager, who is played by Rick Moranis, gets tom cody and says hey you gotta you know only you can do it and i know you have a connection and he gets him to get go rescue her basically wait no it's not that he's just passing through town it's that tom cody's sister doesn't she write to him and ask for help i really need your help she doesn't like maybe right after yes okay okay and his sister is none other than von valkenberg what's her first name deb deborah 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 von Von Valkenberg. valkenberg from too close for comfort and she's one definitely one of those actresses where even if you don't recognize the name look up the name look up the name after you listen to this and you're gonna see her face and be like holy shit her Oh my God. I know exactly who that is. Um, Just super recognizable when you see her super cute, fabulous in this movie. Um, McCoy. Yep. Um, And just super, just badass and very much like, you know, just a good character, a a good character, a trope of like, yeah, I'm a girl, but I'm also badass and Mm -hmm. will help fight and get Ellen back and basically anything you can do I can do better type of thing yeah McCoy was paid played by Amy Madigan yeah um who was also in if you don't know um these are also 80s films oh Field of Dreams that's a good one yeah Field of Dreams yep 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 um so just lots of cool I mean lots of great people in in all of this so like they all they're all getting together to save Ellen right who is not like you know she does get kidnapped but it's not like she's like damsel in distress either like she is and she isn't it's not like she's just sitting there crying like oh woe is me rescue me you know she's still very much like rock and roll bitch about it so that's also very cool um and they go through and it's just a lot of I mean I'm again all of these movies are so silly like (laughs) It's serious, but it's like so silly. What's going on is just absolutely silly. And it's cool because it's very, um, one of the things I really like in the aesthetic of it is like, it's very nondescript time period kind of thing. Cause yeah. you're looking at the cars and the cars don't really fit modern eighties. And you're looking at some of the yeah, building the cars, structures. The cars were kind of like sixties, fifties style. Yeah. Like, right, right. And with then the bus, there's Ellen. 
that they the bus. hopped yeah. on and found the Sorrells, which yes. was awesome acapella. Oh my God, those are so cool. They were so fucking great. That was great. That's one of my favorite parts. And their their whole role in it is yes. just awesome. Yes. The Sorrells. Um, and they looked cool. And the costumes are cool. And their costumes, again, are a little bit more like doo y I guess I would say. So yeah. like, like Wild Zero, it definitely harkens. There's a lot of homage paid to doo-wop and 50s and yeah Mm -hmm. and like the beginnings of rock and roll and what was Um, the song that the Sorrells sang at the end it's a really fucking good song I dream about you yeah (laughs) it's very good um i definitely would recommend even just listening to the soundtrack of this movie yeah Um, they wrote songs just for this movie of course they did because it's a rock and roll opera and i guess that's part of and even even the adventure that they're on is very like operatic in my opinion you're right yeah it's like you're right you know you're along for the ride literally Mm -hmm. and the villain is so just villainous like over the top yes because at the operatic end, villainous they ask he asks for like a literal well kind of like a duel but he literally asks for tom cody he needs yeah tom cody the body of tom exactly <laughs> exactly it's not it's not good enough to face the group or to just say oh well I've been defeated or just get Ellen he needs to face Tom Cody it's very like the mono mono yeah I mean and I'm classic- you're trying to like analyze it like did they know each other from the past or is this like just like a long is it just one of his beat him is this like a penis contest or like am I well and then you can only assume I'd see I I appreciate you bringing up that line of thinking because then yeah like I guess you having said that I just assumed that yeah there's some kind of beef that they had prior to you know there's some history that we're just not super aware of and that's even why he's like going after Ellen and then yeah I'm like he's what got is this, this? why do you even, yeah what I mean I guess we're just supposed to know but okay no you're just supposed to say you know what yeah I guess there's beef there and this is the part of your story that I get to witness and I did I I bought it but then yeah, I exactly. questioned it a little bit. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> there okay. was, I didn't even realize that I didn't question it. I was just like, yes, that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> and then the guns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I guess just like with everything else going on, I was like, you know what? No room for questioning. Because if I start questioning, then none of this fucking movie makes sense. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because then you get Bill Paxton, who is Clyde, the bartender, runs oh up God. behind the popo, who is like trying to be like, all right, Clyde, I, I tried. I tried. Hopefully you right. can do something. Bill Paxton's like, oh my God, they're here. And he runs away. <laughs> and apparently you don't know what the hell he's doing, but apparently he comes back rounding up the entire city or town yes. or whatever the fuck it is with their shotgun. With their guns, yep. Like old school mob style. And that's it. Then Willem Dafoe like is just like, showdown. okay, I... I guess. Well, no, 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 no. That, that you're right. Then there's that epic showdown. Tom Cody beats a shit out of Defoe after mm-hmm. 
Defoe really puts up a fight with, yes. with those those sledgehammers. Oh my god, yes. Fucking like you the, you just brought some sledgehammers to the fight. It's cool. Of course you did. Makes Why not? Sense. I mean I'm, it does. I, and I think it makes more sense to even like even though there were so many shotguns and like you said pistols and all of that, like it is still the 80s and so I think like now where you're like, why would somebody bring a sledgehammer that's so like anchor man of you? Like, where'd you get this trident? But you know, in the 80s, not everybody had like <laughs> your fucking automatic weapon or semi-automatic weapon. Or yeah, this was a regular handgun that then I bought a kit offline to make it an automatic weapon. It just wasn't, it, there were guns. Of course there were guns. There was black market for guns. Of course there was that, but it was not like it is today where everybody's just fucking strapped. Like, but they you know, did, they were also strapped. So they were also strapped, but like movie strapped. So then of course, yeah, they had just sledgehammers. And also if you think about it, a sledgehammer is a really fucking scary weapon. Like if you are strong enough to actually wield a sledgehammer, that's basically like a medieval mace. All of like, those you're not coming out. are deadly as fuck. That's what I'm saying. Like you are not coming out of that alive. Like you might laugh at some. Oh, wow. Well, you went out for a second. You were like. you're back now though nope you're not back your internet totally popped out technical difficulties oh no actually oh no oh no wait you're back you're back are you back well i can hear you you. you're back you're back hold on I guess it's okay. time. I Am guess I back? Time. You're back. Okay, because I think, well, I I guess that's, um, I I thought that it was my um power, but I think it's my connection. No, because now you're frozen. Okay, well, we should just wait. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> we I will salvage this. Okay, Luffy okay. is super determined. Am I here? You are. Am I now? Here? Okay. Yes. Okay. Good. Okay. All right. Sorry, let's, technical let's difficulties, y'all. Yeah. Let's do that. What are your let's final thoughts on this Walter Hill classic? Classic. A lot of fun, like the rest of them. They, these are all fun. Um, if you like rock and roll at all, then it's just going to be good. Um, I would even see it just for some of the star power, like just seeing Diane Lane, Willem Dafoe, Rick Moranis, Bill Paxton, even like in that role. Cause that's like, what is that? That's like old, almost borderline old prospector is what that was. Yes. <laughs> They're here. They're um, here. Yes. And it's deep, <laughs> fabulous. I, and the costuming. Fabulous. I was going to say the mix of aesthetics, the mis- mix of aesthetics and different kind of time periods, but the, the costuming, the makeup, the sets, the, um, the, the pyro, you know, just the big budget nature of it makes it a lot of fun. And I and did music. like McCoy's mouthing off. I liked that a lot. Oh yeah. I liked that a lot. This and is great. Yes. The dialogue was funny. So everybody, and it's like hilariously sincere in parts where yeah. you're just like, you know, yeah. I don't know. It's like it's almost like romance novel level in aspects where you're like the the sincerity or the the emotion about it, and you're just like, oh, this is like, 
not like the throbbing member parts of a romance novel, but like which are the best parts. parts. Well, of course. Um, <laughs> but you know, the um he, he took her in his arms and said a bunch of romantic y shit. And then you're like, oh yeah, that's pretty much the vibe of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, to close this out, I'll I'll give a a a quote by Larry Gross, who I don't know who the hell that is, but he recalls <laughs> the filmmakers and how they were optimistic prior to the release. He said, it was a movie that was built to succeed. It's funny. The movie screened very, very well. I remember after the first screenings, people told me that I was going to be rich for life. There was tremendous love and confidence. Ah, oh, well. <laughs> right, guys, that's it for today. We will see you next time oh for another God. episode of She-Ra, if you're she ready. She-Ra! She-Ra! What is best in life? Crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and hear a lamentation of the women. Ah!